Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast. I'm Jillian, and in today's episode, I'm going to actually get a little bit personal. I'm going to give you some insight into how I eat these days, and I'm going to share the five guidelines that I follow in order to eat in what I call an intentional way. Essentially, how I eat in order to be someone who cares about my nutrition, but also doesn't follow any type of diet, does not restrict myself, and generally tends to listen to my body quite a decent amount. So I'm going to walk you through exactly how I do that. But before we hop in, I wanted to run something by you. So whether or not you are a new listener or you've been listening for a while, I don't know if you know that I am a total fantasy book nerd. I love reading fantasy, specifically like series, just because I like to immerse myself in a world. And I was thinking that I only have like very few people in my life that I can talk to about the books that I'm reading. And I was thinking, how many of you would be interested if I did a bonus episode of the podcast each month of talking about the books that I am reading or that I have read? And I was wondering if that's something you'd be interested to in, in doing. You could either read them with me. Maybe you'll get some great recommendations. I tend to read a lot of fiction, as I mentioned, specifically fantasy and science fiction. So I've left poll in the show notes. So if you're on Spotify, there's a poll that you can answer and you can say, yes, you know, yes, I want this. And no, I wouldn't listen. Or if you're not on Spotify, shoot me a DM on Instagram if you are interested, if you'd love to have like a little like quote unquote like book club episode, like extra episode each month, because I think that that would be really fun. And it's a cool way to get new book recommendations. And I love to read. So with that, Let's talk about what my nutrition looks like these days and the five guidelines that I use to structure my eating habits. And as many of you know, I used to be an avid macro tracker. I tracked macros for a very long time, but I also want to give you just like a little bit of background in my dieting history because it didn't necessarily start with just macros. And I want to give a trigger warning. If you do not want to hear diet talk today, skip forward to about minute, I would say, six or seven of this podcast so that you don't have to hear the diet talk. I'm not going to go into like weight or anything like that, but I'm going to talk about my dieting history. So the very first time I was told I needed to lose weight, I was 11 years old. It was my vaulting instructor. Vaulting is essentially gymnastics on horseback. It sounds a lot like cooler than it is. Um, it Actually, no, it was pretty cool. But my vaulting instructor basically was like, you need to go on a diet. Then when I was 15, my dad made some really terrible, terrible comments about my weight. I was made fun of for being chubby my whole life. I was just a little chubby kid, a cute little chubby kid. When I was an exchange student in Spain, so I was an exchange student in Galicia in Spain from 15 to 16, and I lost a bunch of weight. And I lost a bunch of weight mainly because I was a lot more active. I was walking everywhere, and a lot of the food that I ate was homemade. And so I just naturally lost weight due to to the environment and the circumstances. And then when I went to college a couple years later, I gained a bunch of weight mainly because I was drinking a ton. I was a binge drinker, did not have any clue about nutrition. So I was just eating kind of whatever was around. And then I lost some weight simply because I started to eat more vegetables, I started to eat more fruit, and that sort of naturally reduced the amount of calories I was eating. But I didn't start my first quote-unquote real diet until I was about 23. 
I had already done a nutrition certification. I had done Institute for Integrative Nutrition. So I had an idea of nutrition and I started following all of these like food bloggers. And back then paleo was hot. It was like real food, everything, clean eating, everything. So it was like 2010, 2011. And so I did a Whole30. I bought a sugar detox protocol. It's 21 day sugar detox. I followed it to the T. I have never spent so much time cooking than I did during the whole 30 like paleo era of my life. Like I just think about how much time I spent. I think every day after work I got home and had to like make some new recipe and like read all the ingredients and everything to not have sugar in it. It was a lot. Anyways, all of this came down to the fact that like I always wanted to be thinner. I always compared myself to other girls. I always thought that the reason I wasn't as popular with boys or you know people didn't like me was because of my weight. But things didn't really get that dark until I started tracking macros. And I'm going to make this kind of a a short story, but if you want the long version, check out episodes 27 and 28 because I go a lot deeper into that. And I started tracking macros because I wanted to drop a weight cap class for Olympic lifting. I had started, I joined this Olympic lifting team when I moved to Barcelona and my coach was like, hey, I want you to compete in this weight class. And so I needed to lose some body fat and, or no, just some weight. Didn't really matter if it was fat or not. I needed to just essentially weigh that amount. And I became obsessed with the numbers. I was so meticulous about making sure I hit my macros perfectly. And I was so focused on seeing the scale go down. I remember at one point I was weighing myself multiple times a day. I was constantly taking photos of myself, checking my body out in mirrors. It was taking over my life. And I was planning and replanning and playing macro Tetris. I was trying to eat food that was just as high volume as I could. So I would like stuff my belly full of these like very high volume foods, um, low calorie, high volume foods. I would feel physically full, but I always felt like I want to eat more because I wasn't actually nourishing myself. And then of course, on top of that being like being so obsessive about weight, you you do crazy things, right? And so at one point I added on intermittent fasting to my macro counting. And basically all of this was just because all I wanted was to be quote unquote fit looking, which was basically like code for skinny, but with muscles. And when I started coaching nutrition, I had already done, so I did my Institute for Integrative Nutrition back in 2011. Then I had taken, I'd done precision nutrition. I did another sports nutrition in-person course here in Barcelona. And I started coaching nutrition. I was in the middle of this macro tracking phase and I was so highly praised for my discipline, my abs, my commitment. And then in 2019, I was like, I can't continue like this. I can't. Something is, something's wrong. I was cold all the time. I was waking up in the middle of the night hungry. My hair was shedding like crazy. I had no sex drive. And I realized that I was so scared to eat if I couldn't track my food. I was constantly, like my brain was just constantly full of like macro numbers and carb grams. My hunger and fullness was all over the place. And I honestly, I was like, I just want to eat normally. I want to feel normal again around food. And I had to have a real sort of like come to Jesus with myself and was like, what the fuck are you doing? Is this how you want to live your life? Is this what healthy is supposed to feel like? Is a fun life, is a healthy life supposed to be a life where you're thinking about food all the time? No, absolutely not. And the journey for me to get from strict macro tracking to where I am now did take a lot of trial and error, a lot of discomfort, a lot of uncertainty, and a lot of feeling really alone and like people just didn't get it. 
I was really lucky. I had two coach friends, Olivia and Holly, who are also my co-hosts for the Be Well Cartel podcast. They were also going through something really similar. Thank God I had them because without them, I wouldn't have anyone to talk to about this. And I say this because I've talked to so many women like on Instagram or maybe they, you know, reach out to me to work with me. And they're like, I don't feel like I can talk to anyone about this. It seems like I see everyone on social media and they're like, so they're thriving on macros and everything looks so great. And like, I feel like, I feel like my mind is just consumed by thoughts of like food and weight and everything. You're not alone at all. And that is why I'm telling you this story. And I also am now going to share with you a little bit about how I got to the place that I am now with my nutrition. I consider myself to be an intentional eater. I care about getting in enough protein. I care about getting in enough veggies, but I'm no longer like force feeding myself vegetables or protein. I'm no longer stressing about exactly how many carbs I'm eating. And I do care about how much I eat and I know that how much I eat affects my body composition. But I genuinely do not know how much I currently weigh and I do not care. The reason why is because I feel really fucking strong Most days, I look in the mirror, I also feel sexy. I say most days because it's normal to not think you look incredible every day. Totally normal. My sex drive is normal. My period is normal. I have no problem going out to eat with friends on a Tuesday or enjoying a meal that someone else makes for me. I feel normal around food. And I've been talking to so many women recently who are tracking their food or stuck in the cycle of on and off dieting and they wonder like, can I get here too? And the answer is yes. But I do want to to let you know that it is a learning process. It is not easy. It takes practice and it takes discomfort. It will likely take some type of guidance. And I say this because so many people are like, I got myself into this. I need to get myself out of it on my own. And then they spend another couple of years like in this cycle of, I should be able to do this on my own. And you don't. You don't need to do this on your own. And I know that it is like a financial investment to hire a coach or to join a program. And there's also the risk of like doing, joining the wrong program or hiring the wrong coach. I get that. This is where I think we need to be really clear. I actually have an episode on like how to choose a coach. I don't remember what number, but that episode, if you're feeling a little bit scared about that, that episode might be really, really helpful for you. But having guidance and having support, having social support is so, so, so helpful in this process. The last thing I want to mention before we hop into how I eat and the guidelines I follow, a big part of me being able to do this was also the fact that I worked on my mental health. I have spent a lot of time in therapy over the course of my life. And through the process of letting go of macros, improving my relationship with food and my body, I think I've seen three different therapists Some of them more helpful than others, but I highly recommend at some point going to therapy. And if you don't like your therapist at first, try a different therapist because yes, they're just like there are shitty coaches and shitty hairdressers and shitty personal trainers. There are shitty therapists as well. Finding one that resonates with you might take some, some trying different ones. So with that, Let's talk about the five guidelines I follow in my nutrition now that help me be an intentional eater. And these are also guidelines that I coach on inside of my Confident Eater program because I find that they are fundamental to be able to maintain some type of structure in your nutrition without needing like very rigid rules. So guideline one, I eat regular meals and snacks. 
So I have a general meal schedule that I stick to most days and I aim to go no more than about five hours without eating, often less if I'm hungry. So usually I'll have anywhere from two to five hours between meals or snacks. And I want to give you the reasons why because some people are like, "Mm, okay, that's so basic. It is basic, but it's really important. One of the biggest triggers for overeating is hunger. So if I eat regular meals, it helps me not get too hungry, which also helps me not have that feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm never full. The second reason is it gives me psychological safety. I don't feel the need to overdo it in a meal because I know food is always coming. I know I don't have to wait until I'm starving to eat a meal. And then the third reason is I'm eating to the point of comfortable fullness in most of my meals because I don't feel the need to stuff myself so that I can wait it out a bunch of hours until my next meal. The next guideline, I check in with my internal wisdom. Internal wisdom refers to what my body and mind feel and think about food, right? So it's connecting with internal body signals. It's also understanding preferences, understanding what I like, what feels good in my body. One question I almost always ask myself when I'm about to eat is what sounds good right now? And this question doesn't refer to just taste, but also about what my body feels like it needs. It also refers to what feels good in my body. So for example, pizza might be the thing that sounds good, but I also know that when I check in with my internal wisdom, I know that a whole pizza doesn't necessarily feel good. And so internal wisdom also refers to the ability to notice and respond to hunger and fullness and also identify what feels satisfying and nourishing for my body. The third guideline, I check in with external wisdom. And external wisdom is nutrition awareness. I know that my breakfast is a high-protein breakfast, for example, but I don't know exactly how much protein it contains because I don't necessarily need to. I'm aware that meals that contain sufficient protein, carbs, fat, and fiber are meals that generally leave me feeling satisfied and nourished and meals that support my physical health and the fact that I want to feel strong in the gym. But I also, because I check in with my internal wisdom as well, I know that if I want to have pasta for lunch one day, sweet potatoes another day, and toast the next day, that's fine. And so the balance of knowing, hey, you know, High protein meals help me feel more full and also the internal wisdom of knowing force feeding myself protein doesn't feel good and the flexibility of knowing I can choose different carb sources depending on what I feel like because one type of food is not morally better than another. That balance between guideline two internal wisdom and guideline three external wisdom is so powerful. The fourth guideline, I practice portion awareness. So now currently I eyeball everything. However, when I was first letting go of macros, and this is how I coach my clients inside The Confident Eater, is to start with hand portions. I would compare what looked like a quote-unquote normal-looking macro portion with my hands, and then I would use those hands as kind of a guide to help me build similar meals to kind of practice easing myself away from having exact numbers. And now I've done, I've practiced that a lot, right? So now I kind of know how much food feels good for my body and I have awareness of what I like and what I need so I can eyeball but I still practice portion awareness I'm still aware of how much is going on my plate and then the last guideline I make values aligned decisions around food and I dig deep into values aligned decision making in episode 91 but essentially what this means is that in the context of my eating decisions 
my values matter. And so if my boyfriend brings home an alfajor, if you don't know what that is, it's like an Argentinian sandwich cookie and sometimes they're quite big. So if he brings home an alfajor, it aligns with my values to share a few bites of that with him. Or if my friends want to go out for dinner, it aligns with my values to say yes to that dinner, even if I thought I was going to eat, quote unquote, something healthier that night. And it, it aligns with my values because those are experiences that enrich my life and help me feel like me. This is a really challenging lesson to learn. And sometimes we can take this almost as like an all or nothing thing. Like, you know, my boyfriend brings home an alfajor and because it aligns with my values to eat it, I eat the whole thing. And that's not necessarily how we approach this. And again, we talk about this a lot in The Confident Eater. Instead of going all in, like this aligns with my values, so I'm, you know, head first, all in. For example, if I'm going out for burgers with friends, I will eat until I'm physically satisfied. It aligns with my values to go out for burgers with friends. It does not align with how I want to feel to stuff my face with a burger and eat more than feels physically comfortable just because I said yes to going out with friends. So if you are someone who is currently tracking macros, if you're like an on-again, off-again dieter, you've been tracking consistently, maybe you're just someone that struggles to find the quote-unquote like middle ground with food, the biggest mistake I see people make is jumping right from a more all or nothing approach to trying to quote unquote eat more intuitively. And that is why I use these guidelines because these guidelines offer structure and it's so hard to jump from too much structure in like dieting or macro tracking to like, oh, I'm just going to see what my body wants, right? And that's because you've specifically been doing the opposite of eating intuitively for a long time. It is so unfair to demand of yourself that you can just be more flexible and intuitive with your eating if you don't have the skills to do that right now. And I also want to mention something really, really important. Intuitive eating is highly misunderstood. Intuitive eating, by definition, is a weight-neutral and anti-diet approach. So intuitive eating is not a weight loss approach. Some people start into eating intuitively, maybe they lose weight. Some gain weight. Some don't change at all. But intuitive eating by definition is weight neutral. It's so, so, so helpful for many people to approach the 10 principles of intuitive eating when they have someone to guide them through it. But personally, I don't consider myself to be an intuitive eater. I am an intentional eater. I do intentionally structure my my meals to be on the higher protein side most of the time. And I do intentionally aim to include higher fiber in my meals. I also do care about my body composition and would love to continue to build muscle, but it's not, it's definitely not as important as it used to be. And I'm really not worried if my body weight fluctuates a little bit. You might want to be like, okay, well, what does a day of eating actually look like for you? And while I don't love the idea of someone telling me exactly what they eat, I do like having ideas to guide and to give like some inspiration. So I want you, if I want you to listen to this and remember, My portion sizes and my food choices are very personal to me. I choose food I like and portion sizes that feel good for my body. And if you need guidance on how to do that without macros, I'm happy to help you do that. But do not copy my diet exactly because it may not work for you. You may not like it. It may not feel good for you. This is why inside of The Confident Eater, each client gets a personalized non-diet nutrition guide which has the hand portions to kind of get started practicing portion awareness without macros, let's talk about what my meals usually look like. So I usually eat four to five times a day. I found that that's what works for me. 
And I play around with it a little bit over the years. I used to consistently eat five meals a day. And then I was like, you know what? I want to make my breakfast bigger and see if maybe, you know, I don't need my morning snack. So playing around with that stuff over time can be fun to do. Now, I have breakfast usually within about half an hour of waking up and it's almost always a combination of Greek yogurt, protein powder, fruit, peanut butter, and cereal. We have a bunch of different types of cereal on hand. We always have a few cup, a few fruit options. And sometimes if I'm feeling like a different texture, I'll add in s- some nuts or something else that's crunchy because I love the combo of the cold, creamy, crunchy, sweet, and salty. Um, yes, I add sea salt. And for me, that is taking into consideration, hey, I know I need protein. I know I need fiber. I know I need some fats in there. I know I need something tasty. And, and so that combo for me works really, really well. And then sometimes I will eat something mid-morning. Sometimes I won't be hungry until lunch. If I do eat mid-morning, it kind of depends. It might be a piece of toast with some butter. It might be an apple. It depends a lot on the day and how hungry I am. Lunch is usually around like one-ish, maybe a little earlier if I'm really hungry. And it's usually a combination of some protein option. So anything from salmon to pulled pork to veggie meatballs mixed with a vegetable and a carb. My fat option will depend on how we prepare the rest of the meal. So a recent meal that we had was we made some pulled pork and we put some veggies in with the pulled pork as it was cooking. And then I made some couscous for myself to eat with that and sort of like combine it all together. It was really, really good. After lunch, sometimes I have dessert, sometimes I won't. But what I will do is almost always I will wait until after I take my dog out for a walk to kind of see how I feel. Sometimes I'll get back from the walk and be like, oh, something sweet sounds good. And sometimes I find I'm totally satisfied with lunch. And sometimes that sweet thing that I want is, uh, you know, a chocolate chip cookie. Sometimes that sweet thing is an apple. Sometimes it is a small piece of chocolate. It really depends. Then I usually go to the gym in the mid-afternoon. That's when I like to go to the gym. And if I notice that I'm hungry before the gym, I might have like a biscuit or something quick for a bit of energy. Or if I'm not hungry, um, I feel if I still feel satisfied from lunch, I'll wait to have my mid-afternoon meal kind of post-workout. And sometimes it's a protein shake with milk and fruit and ice kind of like blended up. Sometimes I add something on the side. Sometimes it's scrambled eggs and toast and fruit. I know I will always include protein and carbs, but I leave it up to me to kind of figure out what I feel like. And then dinner is the meal that personally I kind of struggle with, mostly just because we don't plan it and planning it would probably be helpful. But dinner is usually similar to lunch. I'll just throw something in the air fryer or maybe we'll have leftovers. Like if one of us has made an Argentinian tarta, which is puff pastry that's filled with like veggies and tuna and egg. And I know it sounds weird, but it is so fucking good. So we'll do that for dinner. Although what I would like to do is be, I would like to plan dinners more. And I find that planning dinners definitely helpful. And then on the weekends, we will often eat bigger meals and less often. Instead of eating like four or five times, I might eat three times, but I also might still eat four or five times. Depends on the size of my meals. But I still will follow the same general guideline of not going too long between meals. I will still check in with my internal wisdom. I will still check in with my external wisdom. And I will practice some type of portion awareness. That was a lot. (laughs) I know how hard it can be to adopt a more flexible style of eating especially after following more rigid rules for a long time. I've been there. And it was especially not easy because I didn't have a path to follow, which is why I've created a path for individuals to follow to stop tracking macros in a confident way. Because 
wow. <laughs> it's it, like trial and error can take a really long time and it's frustrating, right? So I've created something for you that you can download for free. If you follow the link in the show notes, there's a guide and workbook that I've created that gives you, kind of breaks down these guidelines and helps you figure out how to structure your meals based on these guidelines and also kind of guides you to becoming a little bit more flexible in how you think about structuring your meals. And I also want to mention, last thing, The Confident Eater is kicking off February 26th, 2024, so in about three weeks. And if you do want to stop tracking macros or reduce your reliance on macro tracking without quote unquote falling off the wagon and have a step-by-step guide to help you adopt these guidelines and build mindful eating skills and break away from this like macro mindset, The Confident Eater is perfect for you. And if you're following me on Instagram, you will see a lot more details. Or if you specifically want me to send over information, send me a DM with any questions you have about The Confident Eater. Early bird is open. So if you have heard this and you've been looking for something to help guide you away from macros, please reach out to me so we can make sure to get you on the early bird list. And don't forget to download the intentional eating workbook and guide that I mentioned. You will find that in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. This was a little bit more of like a personal episode, but I really hope that you enjoyed it. I'd love to hear any of your feedback. I love, love, love hearing from you guys. And I will see you again here next time.